Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Leonetti's Detection Selection. Welcome to Crime Time, a podcast discussing all things crime, thriller, what, horror, what, suspense, and mystery fiction. Woo! I'm Lee. I'm Eddie. This is a season five, episode two. Kablam! All right, this week we are talking about what? Flush. It's in Virginia Woolf. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just for those of you who are keeping track. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Lord of the Rings. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about Don't Close Your Eyes by Holly Seddon. Boom. I, for one, am worried. Well, can I just start with some exciting news? Yes. Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep. Uh, the follow-up to The Shining, Stephen King's book. Yes. You know how I loved it. Uh-huh. It's one of my favorite books of all time. Definitely one of my favorite Stephen King's. Yep, yep. <laughs> being turned into a film. Oh. Being released in 2020. Oh, wow. So we'll see what happens to Danny, the weird little psychic kid from The Shining when he's all grown up. Uh, can I make a prediction? Go. He's played by an adult Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> oh, no, that's sad. <laughs> he does. He has, a really, he has like a lot of addiction problems. If I was the psychic kid Danny from uh, The Shining, I might have a lot of problems too. Look, that's fair because that Jack Nicholson situation was not okay. (laughs) Have you seen that? There's a YouTube channel. (laughs) A a YouTube account. You're hip. I'm hip. You know what YouTube is. I know. I've I've been on the tube where they remix trailers and they've remixed The Shining as like a... Romantic comedy. Oh, beautiful. They're like, he's the new stepdad. <laughs> They're going away for a weekend of bonders. Johnny. Right? And it literally has that scene in it. But it's got like da 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 music. It's really good. Uh, so that's what I assume will happen in Doctor Sleep. No, yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, I think they should have the kid just be played by Jack Nicholson with no, like, <laughs> no explanation. It's just like an incredibly decrepit Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Everyone just leaves feeling really uncomfortable. <laughs> He's like, I'm thirty, and they're like, You're not. You're not thirty, Jack. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. I remember the first time I saw Batman and he was the Joker in the original Batman. Oh, he was quite scary as the Batman. I was really scared by him. Like there's a there's a song out at the moment where they just like rip into him as the as the as the Joker and like all these new jokers are so much better. And I was like, he did his best, you know. <laughs> with what he had at the time. <laughs> I mean he put in more effort than that. Cause do you know this? The you know the seventies Batman mm. where uh with Ursa Kit. Mm-hmm. So the Joker in that, he literally was like refused to shave his mustache. So <laughs> they just painted over it in white. So he's just got like this really weird like he looks really scary because of it. And I I feel like it adds to it, but at the same time he was just like Nah. <laughs> I just feel like people try so hard to break into Hollywood. Like, would literally do anything. And, and they're he's like, like, nah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be me if someone was like, would you like to be in this Hollywood film? I'd be like, yeah, all right, but uh, I'm only playing myself. <laughs> I'll do it if we can do it in my house. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, I heard that you had some Lord of the Rings gossip. So I have some Lord of the Rings concept. Let me just tell you, first of all. Wait, first I have to tell you that I've never seen Lord of the Rings. I don't know the plot line. So okay. Just pretend I do. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me to summarise it. <laughs> and I was going to be like, that's 12 hours of like... <laughs> yeah, well, I'll invite Peter Jackson around and he can tell you about it. 
Fun fact about Peter Jackson, he does not like unions. Mm, that's a red flag. Right? I know. I'm like, Peter Jackson, <laughs> Ooh, get your shit together. One time he threatened to take all of his movie stuff away from New Zealand if they wouldn't let him like break some labor laws or something. Jeez, <laughs> and I'm like, Peter Jackson, it's too much. <laughs> He's like, bring me those hobbits. I'm like, no, no one give him a single hobbit. <laughs> Not one! <laughs> so in, in Lord of the Rings, there's a ring. Right. And uh Is there multiple rings? Or there are there are multiple okay, rings, right. yeah, yeah. And there's there's one guy who is Lord of all of those rings. Okay. And he's uh he's not a cool guy. Well, I mean he's kinda cool, but he's like a baddie. What do the rings do? Uh various magical properties. Okay. Like one of them turns you invisible, but it also gets you high as a kite Ooh. on evil and selfishness. Okay. Alright, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I feel like I don't know what the other rings do. I haven't like read like the really like in-depth like Silmarillion type stuff. But I think that they have other properties. Like I don't know, like milkshake fountain or something. Ooh, I love a milkshake. <laughs> yeah, but you probably like put the ring on and it's like milkshake fountain. But at the same time, you're becoming an evil person. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like they're not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're on a quest to destroy the ring. Right. And. Uh, they're going there to destroy the ring, and there's this like goblin guy who's called Gollum. Easy to remember, goblin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And he's been like twisted by the ring. Like he's like worn it the most out of like anyone. He's like a million years old because the ring kept him alive. The ring's like not great. So at some point, the ring gets nicked off Gollum, and Gollum's like, dang. But he's like, obsessed. He's like, oh, gotta get that ring. Oh, love it. Just- love that. Oh, that cursed ring. <laughs> And Frodo, this one guy, he's like, oh, i got to go chuck it in this mountain full of lava, right? He's hanging out with his best friend, Sam. Best friend, Sam's like, cool, we'll chuck it in some lava. Sick one. Anyway, they're like going up the mountain. It's happening. Gollum's like, I'm not well because I've been twisted by an evil ring, right? But we might think of this as some kind of, you know, expression of a mental illness. Or drug metaphor. Drug metaphor. Could be any kind of metaphor. Could be a metaphor for like, you know, those horse girls <laughs> at school. <laughs> you know, when you're in primary school and there's a horse there's girl who's like, we're playing with, we're, we're, we're playing horses now. <laughs> My- <laughs> you just got to let her braid your hair. <laughs> like you just have to. <laughs> My best friend when I was in grade two was a horse girl and she actually had horses. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because usually they don't. And then at that point you become the horse. <laughs> We have to be back on track. That's where I get my laugh from. That's a different kind of genre. So anyway, they're like heading up this mountain. Gollum's not well. He's struggling. He's not doing well. And then Sam's like, you're a butt and I hate you, right? And then Gollum's like, well, I'll betray you all. So in this moment, Sam shows him no compassion whatsoever. Because the hobbits are very close-minded country folk, right? And then... When they get... Guys, I'm about to spoil the entirety of Lord of the Rings, but I'm just going to say you've had a while. It's been a fair while. It's been a while. Uh, Also, this is quicker than 12 hours of the films and 100 years of the books. Anyway, so they get up to the mountain and then Frodo falters. He's like hit his limit and he's like been hanging out with this cursed ring this whole time and he's like, I can't throw it in. It's like... It's like, you know, he's been... Getting to it. Yeah, he's like... 
milkshake fountain. Yeah, yeah. But then at the same time, he's like, I become evil. <laughs> right? So every time he puts it on, there's like evil whispering in his mind, like, no! <laughs> Right, right, right. Like evil speaking in tongues. You know what I'm I, I don't want to like have the Tolkien gang coming for me, but it seems a little heavy handed. Is <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, so he's like, can't do it, won't do it. And then Gollum's like, now's my moment, moment of weakness. Uh, I'm going to take that ring. And he jumps and they're like fighting. Gollum falls into the mountain, right? And he's all like, lava. Has he got the ring? He's got the ring. He's got the ring with him. So the ring gets destroyed because of that, right? Wow, he's destroyed with the ring. He's destroyed with the ring, yeah. Mm-hmm. He and his addiction metaphor, or also horse girl metaphor, <laughs> are destroyed uh, with the ring. But Tolkien mm. was originally going to have it go differently. So that moment where Gollum is struggling and Sam shows him no compassion, he was actually going to have Sam show him compassion and then Gollum like grows as a person and then he's like wow I can get through this and then when Frodo reaches his limit and he can't throw the ring in because he hasn't had that moment of discovery Gollum says I'll I'll do it for you and he jumps in with the ring and I'm like wow that's way nicer you reckon it's way nicer than just like he died because he was Really not well. It reminds me a bit of when we went and saw Les Mis. Do you remember? (laughs) We drove like an hour and a half to see Les Mis the musical. Can I just say, this was a community production of Les Mis, (laughs) uh, which is not a phrase one takes lightly. And uh, not only was it a community production of Les Mis, but they decided to do the whole of Les Mis. I did not know how long I'd be sitting in that (gasps) seat for. It just... Like, I'm like, you can cut down Les Mis. There are cut down versions of Les Mis. This was not one of them. <laughs> but it reminds me of a scene that I really liked out of the many, many scenes in which, uh, so that the guy is in a prison labor camp or right, something. Right, yeah, and he, he's like, he's, he's like, released, but he, don't touch the ring. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he has like a, you know, like a, a mark against his name now. Yeah. And he's just treated terribly. Fully. And so then um, finally someone takes him in, like a priest or whatnot, yeah. and shows him kindness. And yeah. then we expect him to be thankful for that for that but because he's been so I guess hurt by the system Mm. he steals stuff and leaves and I just think I love the complexity of that yeah and I think that's why I prefer even though I'm not like a huge I don't even know Lord of the Rings I feel like I like a more complicated ending oh right yeah fair enough fair enough yeah well um fun fact Victor Hugo prison abolitionist ah there you go yeah (laughs) wow that was a ride yeah a ride and a half So let me tell you, first of all, uh, about this book. And uh, then I might have to explain to you why I'm allowed to talk about this book on our crime fiction podcast. Gosh, those Penguin classics look snazzy with the black black cover. Yeah, I love a good little black Penguin classic. So nice. What's the 9120 on the bottom? Uh, It's number 120 because there's like a whole series of of these classics. Are there people out there that have... All of them in order. I mean, probably. Please send us a picture. Oh my gosh. If you send yes. us a picture of your complete penguin classics, uh, we'll do something. We'll make you a video and send it to you. Yeah, it'll just be a video of me sleeping. <laughs> a live stream. <laughs> just a live stream of any sleeping. <laughs> anyway, tell us that about it. That seems feasible. All right. So, uh, do you know who Elizabeth Barrett Browning was? No. So, Elizabeth Bra- Barrett Browning was a poet uh, and she had a dog called Flush. He's a Cocker Spaniel. Okay. Okay. Uh, and uh, this book by Virginia Woolf is a uh, 
It's a biography of that cocker spaniel. <laughs> if you tell me that's serious, <laughs> is this true? <laughs> I give you leeway. With what books do you bring on? And you bring on a dog's memoir. <laughs> it wasn't even Virginia Woolf's dog. <laughs> okay, Eddie, make it fit. <laughs> Okay, first of all, the fact that you haven't read this is criminal. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> and second of all, halfway through the book, Flush gets kidnapped. <gasps> oh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Say no more. I was wrong. <laughs> Last week we had a little bit of Ghost Wife, <laughs> which uh, seemed spooky, turned out not to be. This one seems not to be crime or mystery in any and then, any fashion, but turns out it actually is. All right, a, a kidnapping <laughs> or a dog napping, I guess. So give us a rundown. All right, so first of all, Flash is a cocker spaniel, uh, and he uh, lives with a poet. Here's a picture of him. <laughs> Oh, he's very, he's very charming pup. I'm just saying, do you think Virginia Woolf was... She just had a bit too much leeway. She was as high as a kite. She was like, I'm going to write... Flush's memoir. All researchers have failed to fix with any certainty the exact year of Flush's birth, let alone the month or the day, but it is likely that he was born sometime early in the year 1842. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ch- I'm ending this segment. <laughs> Why you don't care about this late 19th century dog biography? Nah. <laughs> biography! Holly Sutton. <laughs> I apologize for nothing. Contemporary crime fiction writer, new release called Don't Close Your Eyes. This book has everything I love in a crime fiction novel. You ready? Alright, a, a 19th century dog. <laughs> It's a psychological suspense novel. All right. Which, you know, I love that. Uh, twins. Right. Yeah. And a now and then plotline. Oh. So we were, we were debating before, what is a now and then plotline technically called? I suggested. What, guys, if you have a technical term for this, tell us, because I feel like we talk about this a lot. Yeah. What do you call it? I call it now and then. Yeah. Yeah. So I would call it like a past, present, parallel Plotline. Ooh, that sounded fancy. It did sound fancy. Yeah, Mm. Yeah, I guess I went too far. Well, so this is the thing, right? When so we have these two things that we talk about, which is the fabula and the sujet, which are like words you don't necessarily need to know, but the fabula is like what happens. Mm -hmm. So the what's going on of the situation. Mm -hmm. So the now and the then happen in some kind of like if there were a piece of string, they happen like da 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 all along the piece of string, right? But then you've got this thing called the sujet, and that's how it's presented, which is if you got the piece of string and you cut it up into segments and then you arranged those segments Ooh. around and then you tape them all together Ooh. and you ran along that line, that's the sujet, the like how it's presented. Ah. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a way of talking about those things where you might be like, oh, in the fabula, this happens. You're clever. <laughs> I mean, I've got a, I've got a degree that I'm slowly paying off. I think that's the main thing. I'm joking. I'll never earn enough to pay it off. <laughs> so it's a now and then. It's a now and then story. So we're introduced to these um, two twin characters at the start of the novel. Uh-huh. Um, they're fully grown, okay. and their their names are Robin and Sarah, and they're estranged. Haven't seen each other in years. Wait, so they're estranged twins. Estranged twins. 
I love it. You know, you know I love it. Because I love those twin stories where the like twins have been like separated at birth. They didn't even know each other existed. Oh, and yeah. then they like meet each other and they've both got wives called Karen or something. Oh, and they're like gosh. both like mathematicians. How is this a thing? It happens. It's a thing, but I don't believe in determinism. No, neither. <laughs> so I, I'm like, I love these like wonderful coincidences. Yes. But um, yeah, no, I don't particularly believe in. I'm like, you know, like I'm like, my wife's name is Karen. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has a wife called Karen. <laughs> Who doesn't have a wife called Karen? Anyway, so we're introduced to these two characters, Robin and Sarah, and they're estranged. They're like 30-something. Yeah. And one of them has agoraphobia. She can't leave the house. Okay. And the other one um, is going through a really tough time. Her husband has just left her and taken their small child away. Okay. And pretty much said that she's not a fit parent. <gasps> Intense. Are they identical twins? Um... I don't know. All right, so there's no, like, plot line where the husband's like, you stay away from our children, and she's like, I don't know these children. Yeah, no, that would have been great. <laughs> right? We could write that book. We should write that yeah, book. Yeah. Copyright Lee and Eddie. <laughs> They're both going through a very hard time. Yeah. And then I guess that's the now. And the then is you're getting a really slow but powerful depiction of what their early life looked like. Right. So before the estrangement. Before the estrangement. And this book really culminates, and I don't, I don't really want to give it away. So please go out and get it or mm-hmm. borrow it. Libraries, oh, do libraries, it. love a good library. Such a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we get this really good depiction of what their early childhood looked like, yeah. and I'll tell you, it's not great. Oh, really interesting dynamic where the twins' family, mom and dad, start hanging out with this other family that have a kid. They start spending a lot of time together, and right. there's a bit of a, uh, a partner swap. Oh, what? This yeah. is not where I was expecting yeah. this to go. Um, and I was like, <laughs> they witnessed a murder. Like, you know, like I was like, you know, but no, swingers. So I won't, I'm not going to go into it. It's it's beautifully unpacked. I really yeah. enjoyed it. When you hear Paige Turner, this is what this was. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, things don't go so well for them in their Ooh. early life. And you see that now isn't going so well either. And there has to be like a, a regrouping of the twins, I guess. Right. To kind of overcome what they're going through. I'm not hearing the crime element. Yeah, I guess that's why it's more of a psychological suspense I see. novel. Well, you know, yeah. I feel like you kind of really like, oh, crowbarred that one in there. It's not really that relevant to the theme of the podcast. I guess it doesn't have a dog. Which is <laughs> dog biographies. You know, I have another dog biography. No. Have you seen Marnie the dog? She yes. Oh, I yeah. love Marnie the dog. She got that tongue hanging out the oh, side. so cute. I was thinking the other day about Marnie and I was thinking, imagine like the woman who parents Marnie yeah, yeah she would be really rich because Marnie's really famous yeah and then if you're just like oh I'm really rich because because my, my dog is weird looking <laughs> I really love that just like oh I guess I'm set for life because I have a famous dog it's <laughs> awesome but anyway back to Holly Seddon can I just say you've got two dogs and neither of them are famous uh yet <laughs> <laughs> we're working on their little puppy portfolios Woo! Holly Seddon don't close your eyes riveting psychological suspense you're right there's not such a crime element but it's a it's a slow burn that culminates yeah. in something very interesting oh fascinating how many twins out of five would you give it i give it a good four out of five wow. so that's like what that's like eight twins there's eight twins yeah. out of five go on go get it crime time approved bam boom and guys if you have written a great twin story like you know you've got that manuscript that crime fiction manuscript about the twins one of those committed a crime the cops catch the other one but they've been like like oh 
Okay, here's my pitch, right? Twins. Mm-hmm. Right. Separated at birth. Mm-hmm. One of them, life of crime. The other one, lawyer, right? No, this is like a simple affair. All right, well, don't ruin it, <laughs> right? And then the crime twin does some crimes, and then the law-abiding twin gets arrested for the crimes because same DNA. Love it. Yeah. You can have telepathic twins. Telepathic twins. One of them is having dreams about committing murders, and they think they're psychic. Ooh. They're like, oh, I'm seeing the murders happen. And then the cops think, no, you're doing the murders. how else do you know? Because how else do you know? But it's actually because psychic twins. Okay. Boom. The good son, one evil, one good. Aha. Uh-huh. Trying to kill bad one trying to kill the good one love it 100% on board if you write a manuscript like this I want to read it and uh, we have just the place for you to send it so we told you last week we announced the big news Eddie and I have been working our pants off right yeah the soft uh, plastic pants to establish a beta and sensitivity reading service that you can access digitally that means online you can send your manuscript to us and we will beta read and sensitivity read eddie what does beta read mean so beta reading is just what it sounds like when you get a video game beta tested it means a player goes through and they play it and they check are there any bugs in this game do i like can i actually finish this game is it fun is it confusing does it work does it hold together all of that kind of stuff we the famous Lee and Eddie read it ourselves and you know we give you feedback on it you know we've got our own particular fields Lee is a mental health professional obviously I'm a literary scholar and we know everything there is to know back to front about crime fiction right insights that someone who's close to you and who's read your manuscript as it's gone along Uh, wouldn't be able to give you so we can come to it cold we can say this makes sense this is too much exposition you know all of that sort of stuff that is that raw data that you really really need before you launch your manuscript I always think about it when I think about say Apple or Google they're not going to launch a product that hasn't been designed in conjunction with the user right absolutely so they're going to be test driving that product all the way until it hits the market because that's what you've got to do these days right and it's not like you can get Grammarly for like is my novel good (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, take that, robots, for now. Check it out, francoreaders.com. We have a five-day turnaround, or you can do an express two-day turnaround. And especially to you writers out there that have been writing that manuscript in secret, it's under your bed, you've never showed a soul... Send it to us. Send it to us, but also type it up first because I am not <laughs> touching that. Francoreaders.com. Francoreaders.com. You can put in the code LAUNCH20 to get 20% off as Crime Time listeners. Before we wrap it up, I just want to say uh, shout out to RuPaul's Drag Race for snatching our theme. <laughs> we had a lovely tweeter the other day telling us that uh, RuPaul's Drag Race had stolen the segment Sexy or Scary. So that's going to be coming back next week. I'm going to say we should toot or boot those outfits. Yeah, let's do it. Also, let's next week, let's do a six or scary. Yeah. All right. All right, boom. Uh, okay, people, it's been wonderful. It's been real. We love you. Yeah. Tell us what you've been reading. Tweet us at Crime Time Pod. Keep in touch. See ya. Good